Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Revelation chapter 11. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers. But exclude the outer court. Do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for forty-two months. And I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for twelve hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes out from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying, and they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts, because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, while their enemies looked on. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake, and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. The third woe is coming soon. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders, who were seated on their thrones before God, fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant. And there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. So in verse 1, John is given a reed like a measuring rod and told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar and its worshipers. 
But exclude the outer court, do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And so this image of the temple and this instruction is fascinating. John is told to take measurements, and uh, the fact that the, the outer court of the temple of God has been given to the Gentiles for 42 months. And uh, they'll trample on the holy city as well for 42 months, three and a half years. Verse 3, the Lord says, I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. Again, roughly 42 months or three and a half years. Now, this these two witnesses, these two witnesses, where have we heard about these two witnesses? Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But verse 4 gives us a little more insight about these two witnesses. It says, they are the two olive trees Now, that's as if you ought to know, there's two olive trees mentioned somewhere, and the two lampstands, and they stand before the Lord of the earth. So what is John alluding to? What is the the voice that's speaking to John talking about? Well, the prophet Zechariah recorded something in chapter 4 of Zechariah. I want to read to you from Zechariah 4.11. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on the right and the left of the lampstand? Again, I asked him, what are these two olive branches standing beside the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? And so the two olive trees and the the one lampstand is mentioned in Zechariah and the olive branches. But he goes on, the angel says, don't you know who these two are? And Zechariah said, no, I don't know who they are. And the angel responded, these are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. And so these two witnesses, if you will, may be alluded to in Zechariah 4. They've been anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. And so the olive trees represent olive oil, of course, olive oil being representative of the Spirit. The lampstand is the menorah, the Word of God, the Spirit and the Word of God. So perhaps these two uh, witnesses represent the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit of God. That's one possibility. But let's read a little further. Speaking of these two witnesses in verse 5, If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. Now, where have we heard that before? Well, the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings called on the Lord, if he is a man of God, to come to fire and consume his enemies, and they did. Uh, the Lord consumed the enemies of Elijah with fire. So this fire coming from their mouths and devouring their enemies would have reminded the readers about Elijah. We go on to read in, in Revelation eleven five. this is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. Once again, this would have reminded them of Elijah, who told Ahab, it will not rain again until I say. And a tremendous drought came on Israel. So this ability to stop up the heavens uh, with no rain would have reminded the readers of Elijah. We go on to read in Revelation eleven six, And they have power to turn waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Of course, turning the water to blood and striking the earth with plagues would have reminded people of of Moses. And so there's been a lot of guessing. Who are these two witnesses? Do they represent the Holy Spirit and the Word of God? 
Do they represent Moses and Elijah returning, or the spirit of Moses and the spirit of Elijah? Do they represent the law and the prophets? You know, Moses wrote the uh, Torah, the law, and um, Elijah, some believe, stands for the prophets. Others believe that they stand for Christian Gentiles and believing Jews who recognize Jesus as the Messiah, that these are the two witnesses. The truth is, we don't know. But these two witnesses will prophesy and have power and authority for signs and wonders, including calling down fire, stopping up the rain, turning water to blood, and striking the earth with plagues. But ultimately, in verse 7 of chapter 11, we read, Now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Well, this seems like the end of everything, that they've been uh, they've been killed. These witnesses of, of the Lord have been killed. But that's not the end of it. Verse 11, But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. Once again, being called up to heaven uh, would have reminded some of Elijah. Uh, Moses' body was taken to heaven, but Moses died on earth. And so we don't know who these two witnesses are. We do know that they're going to testify about Jesus. We know that this speaks of some testifying about Jesus. This, This whole book is all about Jesus. Verse 15, the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. So this is the focal point of um, all of these activities, the kingdom of this world becoming the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah. Verse 16, the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. And so this is a a magnificent proclamation by the 24 angels. Then in verse 19, we read that God's temple in heaven was opened. So there is a, a temple in heaven, just as there was a temple on the earth. The real abides in heaven. And within the temple was seen the Ark of the Covenant, that is, the real Ark of the Covenant, not the one that Moses and the children of Israel carried around, but the one that exists in heaven. And there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and severe hailstorm when this Ark of the Covenant was revealed. So the Ark of the Covenant, friends, is not lost. It's in God's temple in heaven, where it's always been. The one on earth may have been misplaced, destroyed, lost, whatever, but it's not significant. The real one abides forever with the mercy seat of God before the throne of God and his temple in heaven. Now, the unveiling of Jesus, I think it's magnificent, the declaration that the 24 elders made. I want to read it again. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. That is, the the he is the Messiah, his Messiah, who's going to reign on earth. And so Jesus is portrayed as the reigning Messiah, 
the one who's coming with the Ancient of Days, the one who's being prophesied about by these two witnesses, the one the law and the prophets have spoken about, the one that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God speaks about, the one that Moses and Elijah taught about. This Jesus is coming, known by both believing Jews and Gentiles. This Jesus is coming to rule and reign forever and ever. And so, Lord, we thank you that the Word of God stands true. And although there are mysteries contained in the book of Revelation and cryptic images that sometimes confuse us, this much stands true. The kingdom of God is coming, and the king of the kingdom is Jesus Christ. He will reign forever and ever. And Lord, as his witnesses today, we declare that Jesus is Lord. I say it to everyone who hears these words, Jesus is Lord. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.